Welcome to Ordinary Prayers, where ordinary people pray through Scripture. Be calm. Be mindful. These four words are especially useful to remember in a time where concerns about health, income, and future seek to consume our sense of hope. But I want to help you move those words from your vocabulary down into your soul in the practice of Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina literally means divine reading. It is a traditional monastic practice of reading and meditating upon scripture, where we read the words not to study them, but to allow them to speak to us, so we might hear the voice of God speaking to us in them. So let us prepare to listen, be calm, relax, breathe deeply and slowly. Be mindful of the presence of God in your life as we listen. Praying with me today is... Alex. Elliot. Okay. I want you two to calm yourself, breathe slowly, relax, let your um, mind go. When something comes up, just kind of let it go, release it, and uh, take deep breaths in and slow exhales out and be comfortable. Please join me in our opening prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, enlighten my heart and mind so I might listen to your word. reading today is from John chapter 9, verse 1 through 16. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Jesus' disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned so that he was born blind, this man or his parents? Jesus answered, Neither he nor his parents. This happened so that God's mighty works might be displayed in him. While it's daytime, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After he said this, he spit on the ground, made mud and saliva, and smeared the mud on the man's eyes. Jesus, he said to, Jesus said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam. This mean, word means sent. So the man went away and washed, and when he returned, he could see. The man's neighbors and those who used to see him when he was a beggar said, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said it is, and others said, No, it's someone who looks like him. But the man said, Yes, it is me. So they asked him, How are you now able to see? 
He answered, The man they called Jesus made mud, smeared it on my eyes, and said, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. They asked, Where is this man? He replied, I don't know. When they led the man who had been born blind to the Pharisees, now Jesus made the mud and smeared it on the man's eyes on Sabbath day. So Pharisees also asked him, How was he able to see? The man told them, He put mud on my eyes, I washed, and now I see. Some Pharisees said, This man isn't from God because he breaks the Sabbath law. Others said, How can a sinner do miraculous signs like these? So they were divided. So I ask you, what, what words jumped out at you when you were listening? I mean, the word divided, the last one, that resonated a bit with me. For me, it was the word see. Hmm. So I want you to be thinking about those words. And I invite you now to read John chapter 9, verses 1 through 16. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had merely seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they asked. <clears throat> he replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which uh, Jesus had made mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he could receive his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. So um, share with me some of your thoughts as you were meditating on this, on these words. What did you hear? <clears throat> so 
the word see is repeated often throughout that particular verse, but it's, I, I suppose, one that resonated with me um, simply because there are so many um, components of times we don't see God or in one way or another in life. And then uh, as experiences change, something becomes more clear or the picture uh becomes something that's easier for us to actually see or to witness and the perspective changes. Uh, and that's something that I encounter daily. It's something that I feel like is becoming more and more um, relevant currently. So that was something that just, I don't know, that word in particular yeah. kind of resonated with me in terms of how we see God, how we see each other, how we see the events of the world and what is happening in every day, regardless of what's happening now, but in, many aspects of life or throughout the events that occur. It's funny because that it's, it's not just the word see that's repeated over and over in that one, but it's also looks, you know, and, and, and it kind of does as you go through there, just like you were saying, it's on everything. It's seeing Jesus. It's seeing the world. It's seeing this issues going on. It's not really even confined just to a healing story. Is it? I mean, isn't it? I mean, it just kind of moves around. Um, well, it talks about seeing him because initially the people were sure if this was the same man that they had always passed by or if it was someone new and it was something about him had changed and suddenly their perspective of who he might be had shifted. Mm -hmm. They were seeing him in a new light and our, uh, the way that they looked at him or treated him had changed because suddenly he wasn't something that they had noticed before in the same way. Well, I think as you're talking about that, I just going, isn't it? Okay. They, they, they pass by the guy all the time. And they don't really necessarily recognize him and because something has changed. But I started thinking about that in, in this pandemic kind of world that we live in now, you, you, you see everybody that walks by you now, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, you really kind of, Take notice of people. Oh. Hmm. And you're hyper aware of who the people are in your immediate surroundings. Uh, or like even driving in a car, I'm more aware of who's on the street or who's in their car or walking into a store. The people around me and you're, you start wondering more about their life or what's happening to them or what they might have encountered. Are they sick? Are they not? But mm -hmm. the events and circumstances that have led us to this point, it kind of makes you take a more serious look at those that you're walking past. Mm -hmm. Elliot, what about you? What did you? <clears throat> um, well, I mean, yeah, I kept the, uh, the word see and watch and look and, and display kind of in mind. Um, what we were uh, reading this, um, it, just to kind of go on top of it. Uh, I think this pandemic is kind of forcing a lot of us to see things that we didn't see before. Um, Especially when we when we go out uh, to you know to the grocery store, um, and we see people uh, stocking up on supplies and everything, and I don't know. I guess before this, when I went to uh, the store, I didn't really see other customers of uh, people having their own individual lives as well, mm -hmm. uh, having ones that they care about. And now, after this happens, I, I see people with their kids, and they're just everyone's gathering and everyone also has their own story. Um, so I guess it goes beyond seeing just things at a surface level, but also being able to uh, interpret the things you're seeing and what they mean. You know, but 
After our first reading, you said that word, that last word, divided, caught you. When you when you thought about that, when you heard that, what when you that first kind of hit you? What what were you? What did it make you think of? Um, a couple of different things. Um, the first that came to mind was right now we're all literally divided, mm-hmm. um, living in, in in quarantine. Um, but then it also divided as in how people interpret what they see. Mm. Um, we can, two people can see the same thing and walk away with completely different, uh, interpretations of what it might be. Um, where someone just sees a person walking down the street, one might see them as just a, a, a pedestrian, um, or others might see them as a, a mother on her way to, to work or something mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, that's, you know, just listening to you talk, I always sit there and I think, it, when it comes to the miracles in the Bible, you just always sit there and think, oh, if I saw a miracle, I would definitely believe. But mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the case, is it? I mean... It, that, it's interesting you say that because I recently had a conversation with a, a family member of a child, um, and this particular family member was holding out for a miracle and she kept praying and praying and praying to God for a miracle. And the conversation that we had was that oftentimes the miracles I see are, aren't necessarily the ones that we pray for. They're not the ones we ask for when we, we, we ask for a miracle. It tends to be something very specific that we have in mind that what we anticipate that miracle to be what we want to see occur. Um, but it's, it's not, necessarily the miracle that God gives us or the miracle that takes place and that can in its own way kind of be heartbreaking or it can be uplifting. It's it, it's up to interpretation, I suppose. But um, I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's interesting because that there's a confidence I very, very recently had. And it I feel like that's something at least in this world with what we're encountering now, especially as we all have very specific thoughts in mind in terms of what we are praying for, what we're asking for, and what we expect the outcome to be. But it's not necessarily what would be granted to us or what we'll actually see come in the next weeks and months. Mm-hmm. What do you th- what is what what's an example of an miracle like like that you've seen that you say, this is not exactly <clears throat> what you think, but this is where I think it's it's something miraculous. I mean in this specific instance uh, that I can think of is uh, the miracle that most families that I work with pray for is that their child will receive healing, um, that whatever is ailing them, whatever has caused them to be sick or to be injured will go away and that God, despite all of the circumstances or the words that they're being told by the physician team or um, what they're up against, what they're actually seeing with their child is wrong um, and that God will provide the ultimate healing. But it's, it's that healing that the the child is going to wake up and walk and to move and be the same person that they were again. Um, And that's not necessarily the case. Uh, In this particular instance, the patient was not going to recover um, and there was very little that we could do. But I guess the most basic miracle that I witnessed is just the outpouring of love that this family received. Mm. I don't, in, in the time that I've been in the hospital, I've never seen so many so many people just come and pray and love and hold this family. Um, and it was a divided family. It was not a family that 
agreed or that was on the same page. Um, and they, uh, every family has their own set of challenges that they overcome. But in this particular instance, I mean, a hundred people had to have come in the couple days that we saw that child and just, they held hands and they prayed and they lined the hallways and they filled the room and they brought so much love and support to, uh, this family. And I, I've, I've seen patients pass. I've seen families see an outpouring of love, but this was, this was something very different that I hadn't necessarily seen and the way that they came together and the way that they experienced love together as they did say goodbye. Mm. And, um, and then this child went on to save the life of a couple others. So, oh I mean, that was a miracle in itself. Right. So it was, it wasn't something that they wanted. It wasn't, it was their worst nightmare, but through it, I think they found quite a bit of love that they didn't necessarily know that they had and strength in the people and around them and in themselves. That's the, I mean, just as you're sitting there talking, I'm just sitting there thinking is, you know, and it's hard not to be shaped by the immediate circumstances, but, you know, we're, we're all the little things that we took for granted are gone. You know I mean? And I, and I, th- I mean, I just really, you know, to sit there and think about, you know, when when the Vatican cancels Easter worship, you, you know it's yeah. serious, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but just to, the the thought of not necessarily being at the Vatican, but every little small church, you just you know the chance to be together has been taken away. the The chance to go to the grocery store without some kind of fear has been taken away. The chance to go to work, the chance to live normal, all these tiny little things have been taken away, and we causes us to see so much what's been gone but but maybe in this we're really opening our eyes in a different way does that does that make sense elliot yeah i think so well care to expand on that at all elliot (laughs) 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 um um I, I don't know. We, we while you were talking, I was thinking about just uh, uh, miracles and uh, maybe one of the more recent ones that I experienced, uh, and kind of what we interpret to be uh, miraculous. Um, I, I know someone whose dad uh, passed away uh, fairly recently, um, and he uh, kind of put him in a, a pretty dark place. His whole family, but then um, not not only was it a I call it a miracle, just watching all the the love pouring to him and his family from the community. Um, that's just was pretty miraculous, but then also just watching him, uh, recover, uh, and, and come out of the darkness, uh, um, not changed. Cause he was still the same person, but, uh, he definitely has grown. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I guess it was just a, a miracle watching someone recover from such a loss like that. Right. Uh, right. Well, and it's interesting, too, because, I mean, I, I don't think any of us can move through this experience unchanged, mm-hmm. um, how it's now impacted how we live our daily lives. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, seeing or understanding like the things that we might have taken for granted, but also just, I mean, this gives us a whole, a whole new way of kind of embracing the world mm-hmm. around us and the maybe more basic freedoms we had that now we have to kind of put aside for the time being in order to be safe and to uh, help those in our community or help ourselves. If it's something that this might 
play more heavily in your life, but it's a, uh, I don't, I, I don't think anybody's like moving forward is going to escape this without having either lost something or experienced something or had to deal with like anxiety or a point of darkness just because this is, it, it is a terrifying thing. It, I think the word pandemic immediately kind of elicits fear. Uh, my dad's already preparing for the apocalypse. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I don't think he's serious, but it's it's something that he's. It, it turns out that this is it's going to be the apocalypse. He's like, we're ready to go. Right. We're going to be prepared for this. But it's also a. I had a, we had a conversation with friends recently who. We joked in a way about how if this is the apocalypse, you know, maybe we don't want to be the ones to survive it. Maybe on the on the front line, we're, we're ready to be done. <laughs> we'll just say our goodbyes then, um, not push forward. I know there there <laughs> all those shows all the time, you know, about the apocalypse, <laughs> you know, and they. And and people are fighting to be the last survivor, and I'm like, really? Do you want to be like one of ten people living? I mean, how fun is that going to be? I mean, yeah, just you know, I kind of promise I'll live in but, that promise. You know, Take I, me now; it's over. It was a good run. But, you know, I, I can be grateful that, that this is our pandemic because I, I have hope that this is not like a, a zombie right, apocalypse. Because right. I think I'm okay living through it. Right, yeah. right. right. <laughs> well, and the thing is, you know. Uh, I mean, this is not not to be dark, but this is most likely not the first kind of experience, that, or not the last kind of experience that we'll have this way. I mean, it's it's conceivable that okay. the viruses are always um, attacking and reformulating and re- counterattacking and doing stuff within your body, and you can't, you don't see it, you know. And uh, and, and and I know that, you know, you should have been washing your hands all along. but now you're you're being more um careful with that and thinking about that and and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing i'm gonna take us now and and let's go into it i'm gonna pray and close this out okay i want to thank you guys for sharing and being a part of this okay it's good to spend a little sunday um together okay yes (laughs) let us let us pray gracious god in the flow of our everyday life, we pray that you would make your presence known in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, in our daily living, that we might see you not as some ghostly figure hovering around the world, but see you in the presence of our neighbors, to see you in the healing that's taking place all around us. Um, both those physical healings, but also those spiritual and emotional healings that help us see life a little more. We ask that you be with Alex and Elliot. Um, Hold them in your loving care. Guide them in their life and their future. We also pray that you would hold all of us in your loving care. During these times of social isolation, we know that we are not isolated from you, that you live, breathe, and have um, love and joy within us all the time. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.